Chapter Twenty Six of The Road to Understanding. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Road to Understanding by Eleanor H. Porter. Chapter Twenty Six The Road to Understanding. It was on a gray morning early in February that Betty found her employer pacing the library from end to end like the proverbial caged lion. When he turned and spoke, she was startled at the look on his face, a worn, haggard look that told of sleeplessness and of something else that she could not name. He ignored her conventional morning greeting. Miss Darling, I want to speak to you. Yes, Mr. Denby. Will you come here to live as my daughter? Will I what? The amazement in Betty's face was obviously genuine. You're surprised, of course, and no wonder I didn't exactly what you call a break it gently, did I? And I forgot that you haven't been thinking of this thing every minute for the last month as I have. Won't you sit down, please? With an abrupt gesture, he motioned her to a chair and dropped into one himself. I can't, of course, beat about the bush now. I want you to come here to this house and be a daughter to me. Will you? But, Mr. Denby, this is so sudden. Yes, I know, smiled the man grimly. That's what your face says, and no wonder. It may seem sudden to you, but it is not at all so to me, believe me. I have given it a great deal of thought. I have debated it longer than you can guess. And let me tell you at once that of course I want your mother to come too. That will set your mind at rest on that point. But I don't think yet that I, I, I quite understand, faltered the girl. In what way? I can't understand yet why, why you want me. You see, I have thought lately that you positively disliked me, Mr. Denby. Her chin came up with that little determined lift, so like her mother. With a jerk, Burke Denby got to his feet and resumed his nervous stride up and down the room. My child, he turned squarely about and faced her. I want you, I need you. This house has become nothing but a dreary old pile of horror to me. You, by some sweet necromancy of your own, have contrived to make the sun shine into its windows. It's the first time for years that there's been any sun for me. But when you go, the sun goes. That's why I want you here all the time. Will you come? Of course you understand I mean adoption legally, but I don't want to dwell on that part. I want you to come. I want you to be happy here. Won't you come? Betty drew in her breath tremulously. For a long minute her gaze searched the man's face. Well, Miss Betty? There was a confident smile in his eyes. He had the air of a man who has made a certain somewhat dreaded move, but who has no doubt as to the outcome. I'm afraid I can't, Mr. Denby. You can't? Betty, in spite of her very real and serious concern and anxiety, almost laughed at the absolute amazement on the man's face. No, Mr. Denby. May I ask why? There was the chill of ice in his voice. Again Betty felt the almost hysterical desire to laugh. Still her face was very grave. You, I, 
in the end you would not want me mr denby she faltered because i i should not be happy here may i ask why that there was no answer miss darling why wouldn't you be happy here genuine distress came into betty's face i would rather not say mr denby but i prefer that you should i can't you would think me impertinent not if i tell you to say it miss betty why can't you be happy here you know very well that you would have everything that money could buy but what i want is something money can't buy what do you mean no reply miss darling what do you mean with a sudden fierce recklessness the girl turned and faced him i mean that just that what you did now and a minute ago the way you have of expecting everybody and everything to bend to your will and wishes oh i know it's silly and horrible and everything for me to say this but you made me do it i told you it was impertinent don't you see i have to have love and laughter and sympathy and interest and and, and all that around me i couldn't be happy here this house is like a tomb and you sometimes you're jolly and kind and and fine but i never know how you're going to be and i'd die if i had to worry and fret and fear all the time how you were going to be mr denby i i couldn't live in such a place and mother couldn't either and i oh what have i said but you made me do it you made me do it for one long minute there was utter silence in the room Burke denby at the library table sat motionless his hand shading his eyes betty in her chair wet her lips and swallowed convulsively her eyes were frightened but her chin was high suddenly he stirred his hand no longer shaded his face betty to her amazement saw that his lips were smiling though his eyes she knew were moist betty my dear child i thought before that i wanted you i know now i've got to have you betty as if the smile were contagious found her own lips twitching what what do you mean i mean that your fearless little tirade was just what i needed my dear i have expected everything and everybody to bend to my will and wishes i suspect that's what's been the matter too all the way up i thought once long ago i'd learned my lesson but it seems i haven't here i am up to the same old tricks again will you come and uh, train me betty i will promise to be very docile betty did laugh this time and the tension snapped train the very word with which she had shocked her mother weeks before seriously my dear the man's face was very grave now i want you to talk this thing over with your mother i'm a lonely old man yes old in spite of the fact that i'm barely forty i feel sixty i want you and i need you and notwithstanding your unflattering opinion of me just expressed i believe i can make you happy and your mother too she shall have every comfort and you shall have love and laughter and sympathy and interest i promise you now isn't your heart softening just a wee bit won't you come why of course i appreciate your kindness mr denby and betty drew a tremulous breath and looked wistfully into the man's pleading eyes it would be lovely for mother wouldn't it she wouldn't have to worry any more or or burke denby lifted an imperative hand his face lighted he sprang to his feet and spoke with boyish enthusiasm the very thing miss darling 
I want you to go home and bring your mother back to luncheon with you. Never mind the work, he went on, as he saw her quick glance toward his desk. I don't want to work. I couldn't this morning, and I don't want you to. I want to see your mother. I want to tell her many things of myself. I want her to see me and see if she thinks she could give you to me as a daughter and yet not lose you herself, but come here with you to live. But I, I, I could tell her this tonight, stammered Betty, knowing still that in spite of herself she was being swept quite off her feet by the extraordinary enthusiasm of the eager man before her. I don't want to wait till tonight. I want to see her now. Besides, he cocked his head whimsically, with the confident air of one who knows his point is gained. I want a magazine. And I forgot to ask you to get it for me last night. I want the February research. So we'll just let it go that I'm sending you to the station newsstand for that. Incidentally, you may come back around by your mother's place and bring her with you. There now, surely you won't object to, to running an errand for me, he finished triumphantly. No, I surely can't object to running an errand for you, laughed Betty, as she rose to her feet, a pretty color in her face, and I'll, I'll try to bring mother. It was in a tumult of excitement and indecision that Betty hurried down the long Denby walk that February morning. What would her mother say? How would she take it? Would she consent? Would she consent even to go to luncheon? She, who so seldom went anywhere. It was a wonderful thing, this proposal of Mr. Denby's. It meant, of course, everything, if they accepted it, a complete metamorphosis of their whole lives and future. It could not help meaning that. But would they be happy there? Could they be happy with a man like Mr. Denby? To be sure, he said he'd be willing to be trained. Betty's face dimpled into a broad smile, somewhat to the mystification of the man she chanced to be meeting at the moment. But would he be really kind and lovable like this all the time? He had been delightful once before, for a few days. What guarantee had they that he would not again, at the first provocation, fall back into his old glum unbearableness? But what would her mother say? Well, she'd soon find out. She'd get the magazine, then hurry home. It was between trains at the station, and the waiting room was deserted. Betty hurriedly told the newsstand woman what she wanted, and tried to assume a forbidding aspect that would discourage questions. But the woman made no move to get the magazine. She did not seem even to have heard the request. Instead, she leaned over the counter and caught Betty's arm in a vice-like grip. Her face was alight with joyous excitement. Well, I am glad to see you. I've been watching every day for you. What did I tell you? Now I guess you'll say I know when I've seen a face before. Now I know who you are. I see you with your mother at Martin's grocery last Saturday night, and I tried to get to you, but I lost you in the crowd. I see you first, and I see her, and I knew then in a minute who you was and why I thought I'd seen you somewheres. I hadn't, not since you was a kid, though, but I knew your mother, and you've got her eyes. You're Helen Denby's daughter. My, but I'm glad to see you. Betty, plainly distressed, had been attempting to pull her arm away from the woman's grasp. But at the name, a look of relief crossed her face. You are quite mistaken, madam, she said coldly. My mother's name is not Helen Denby. But I see her myself with my own eyes, child. Of course, she's older looking. 
but I'd swear on my dying bed twas her. Ain't you Dorothy Elizabeth? Betty's eyes flew wide open. You know my name. There, I knew twas, triumphed the woman, and to think of you coming back and working for your father like this, and my what? It was the woman's turn to open wide eyes of amazement. You mean to say you don't know Bert Denby is your father? But he isn't my father. My father is dead. Who said so? Why, mother, that is, I mean, she never said. What do you mean? He can't be my father. My mother's name is Helen Darling. Betty was making no effort to get away now. She was indeed clutching the woman's arm with her free hand. The woman scowled and stared. Suddenly her face cleared. My Jiminy! So that's her game. She's keeping it from you, I bet you, she cried excitedly. Keeping it from me? Keeping what from me? What are you talking about? Betty's face had paled. The vague questions and half-formed fears regarding her mother's actions for the past few months seemed suddenly to be taking horrible shape and definiteness. Sakes alive, you mean to say that you don't know that Burke Denby is your father, and that he give your mother the go-by when you was a kid, and she lit out with you and hain't been heard of since? No, no, it can't be, it can't be. My father was good and fine and— rats did she stuff that to you too i tell you tis so look a here weren't you down at martin's grocery last saturday night at nine o'clock yes well weren't you there with your mother yes a power entirely outside of herself seemed to force the answers from betty's lips well i see you you were together talking to that big fat man with the red nose i started toward you but i lost you in the crowd Betty's face had grown gray-white. She remembered now. That was the night her mother had run away from something. But I knew her, nodded the woman. I knew she was Helen Denby. But maybe you were mistaken. Mistaken? Me? Not much. I don't forget faces. You ask your mother if she don't remember Miss Cobb. Didn't I live right on the same floor with her for months? Ain't your mother ever told you she lived here long ago? Betty nodded dumbly, miserably. Well, I lived next to her, and I knew the whole thing, how she got the letter telling her to go, and the money Burke Denby sent her. Letter? Money? You mean he wrote her to go away? He paid her? The girl had become suddenly galvanized into blazing anger. Sure, that's what I'm telling you. And your mother went. I tried to stop her. I told her to go straight up to them Denbys and demand her rights and your rights. But she wouldn't. She hadn't a mite of spunk. Just because he was ashamed of her, she— Ashamed of her? Ashamed of my mother? If but Helen Denby could have seen the flash in Betty's eyes. Sure, she wasn't so tony, and her folks wasn't grand like his, you know. That's why old Denby objected to the marriage in the first place. But say, didn't you know any of this, I'm telling you? Jiminy, but it does seem queer to be telling you your own family secrets like this, and you here working in his very home, and not knowing it, too. If that ain't the limit, like a regular story-book. Now, I ain't never one to butt in where it ain't none of my affairs, but I've got to say this. You're a Denby and ought to have some spunk, and if I was you, I'd brace right up and— Here, don't you want your magazine? What are you going to do? But the girl was already halfway across the waiting-room. If Betty's thoughts and emotions had been in a tumult on the way to the station, they were in a veritable chaos on the return trip. She did not go home. 
she turned her steps toward the denby mansion and because she knew she could not possibly sit still she walked all the way so this was the meaning of it the black veil daytimes the walks only at night the nervous restlessness the unhappiness her mother had had something to conceal something to fear poor mother dear mother how she must have suffered but why why had she come back here and put her into that man's home and why had she told her always how fine and noble and splendid her father was fine noble splendid indeed still it was like mother dear mother always so sweet and gentle always seeing the good in everything and everybody but why had she put her there in that man's house how could she have done it and bert denby himself did he know did he suspect she was his daughter adopt her indeed was that the way he thought he could pay her mother back for all those years and the grief and the hurt and the mortification where did they come in ashamed of her ashamed of her indeed why her little finger was as much finer and nobler and but just wait till she saw him that was all like the overwrought half beside herself young hurricane of wrathfulness that she was betty burst into the library at denby house a few minutes later the very sight of her face brought the man to his feet why betty what's the matter where's your mother couldn't she come what is the matter come no she didn't come she'll never come never before the blazing wrath in the young eyes the man fell back limply why betty didn't you tell her i've told her nothing i haven't seen her cut in the girl crisply but i've seen somebody else and i know now everything from sheer stupefaction the man laughed aren't we getting a little theatrical my child he murmured mildly you needn't call me that i refuse to recognize the relationship she flamed perhaps we are getting theatrical that woman said it was like a story-book and perhaps you thought you could wipe it all out by adopting me adopting me indeed as if i'd let you i can tell you it isn't going to end like a story-book with father and mother and daughter and they all lived happily ever after because i won't let it what do you mean by that the man's face had grown suddenly very white betty fixed searching accusing eyes on his countenance are you trying to make me think you don't know i'm your daughter that betty are you really really my little betty at the joyous cry and the eagerly outstretched arms betty shrank back then you didn't know that no no oh betty betty is it true then it'll be all right now oh betty i'm so glad he choked my little girl won't you won't you come to me she shook her head and retreated still further out of his reach her eyes still blazed angrily betty dear hear me i don't know i don't understand it's all too wonderful to have it come now once for a little minute the wild thought came to me that you might be but betty you yourself told me your father was dead and so he is to me sobbed betty you aren't my father my father was good and true and noble and you and your mother told you that breathed the man brokenly betty i i where is she is she there at home now i want to see her i shan't let you see her betty had blazed again into unreasoning wrath you don't deserve it you told her you were ashamed of her ashamed of her and she's the best and the loveliest and dearest mother in the world she's as much above and beyond anything you you why she let me come to you i don't know i can't think why she did it 
but now i i betty if you'll only let me explain but the great hall door had banged shut betty had gone betty took a car to her own home she was too weak and spent to walk it was a very white shaken betty that climbed the stairs to the little apartment a short time later why betty darling exclaimed her mother hurrying forward you're ill are you ill with utter weariness betty dropped into a chair mother why didn't you tell me she asked dully heartbrokenly why did you let me come here and go to that house day after day and not know anything why what what do you mean all the color had drained from helen denby's face did you ever know a mrs cobb that woman betty she hasn't has she been talking to you betty nodded wearily yes she's been talking to me and oh mother mother why did you come here now cried betty springing to her feet in sudden frenzy again how could you let me go there and only today this morning he told me he wanted to adopt me and you he was going to have us both there to live he said he was so lonely and that i i made the sunshine for the first time in years and afterwards when i found out who he was i thought he meant it as a salve to heal all the unhappiness he'd caused you i thought he was trying to pay and i told him you told him you mean you've seen him since mrs cobb yes i went back i told him oh betty betty what are you saying moaned her mother what have you done you didn't tell him that way indeed i did i told him i knew everything now and that he needn't think he could wipe it out and he wanted to see you and i said he couldn't i an electric bell pealed sharply through the tiny apartment mother that's he i know it's he mother don't let him in implored betty but her mother already was in the hall betty frightened despairing and angry turned her back and walked to the window she heard the man's quick cry and the woman's sobbing answer she heard the broken incoherent sentences with which the man and the woman attempted to crowd into one brief delirious minute all the long years of heartache and absence she heard the pleading the heart hunger the final rapturous bliss that vibrated through every tone and word but she did not turn she did not turn even when some minutes later her father's voice low unsteady but infinitely tender reached her ears betty your mother has forgiven me can't you there was no answer betty dear he means we've forgiven each other and if i'm happy can't you be begged betty's mother tremulously still no answer betty began the woman again pleadingly but the man interposed a little sadly don't urge her helen after all i deserve everything she can say or do but she doesn't understand faltered helen the man shook his head a wistful smile was on his lips no she doesn't understand he said it's a long road to understanding dear you and i have found it so yes i know helen's voice was very low and there are sticks and stones and numberless twigs to trip one's feet went on the man softly and there are valleys of despair and mountains of doubt to be encountered and betty has come only a little bit of the way betty is young but it was helen's tremulous voice it's on the mountain tops that that we ought to be able to see the end of the journey you know yes but there are all those guideboards remember said the man and betty hasn't come to the guideboards yet regret remorse forgiveness patience and atonement there was a sudden movement at the window and then betty misty-eyed stood before them 
I know I am on the mountain of doubt now, but she paused, her gaze going from one to the other of the wondrously glorified faces before her. I'll try so hard to see the end of the journey, she faltered. Betty sobbed two adoring voices as loving arms enfolded her. End of the Road to Understanding by Eleanor H. Porter